We're going to be talking about the week of February 6th through the 12th. It's going to be about Mercury in Aquarius. I am going to be sharing a vulnerable moment with a partner that brought me some clarity and recognizing that sometimes I just need to ask the uncomfortable questions. This is really an example of the power of Mars and Gemini aligning with Chiron and Aries. This frequency is going to empower you to face your insecurities and asking and answering questions with authenticity. And this is going to be happening from this week leading up into Valentine's Day week. Also, Mercury is going to begin its transit through Aquarius, which is going to bring a logical and innovative conversation to the community or the group. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos, so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. Good morning, Scott. Hi, Ingrid. Oh, shit. What? Oh, I'm just all congested. Sorry, everyone, if I sound <clears throat> a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. What's I've going been hibernating on? hibernating the last couple days. Yeah. It's like some sinuses and... Multiple sinuses? <sighs> yeah, all the sinuses. I mm-hmm. think I like... I went out like last week and drank. What did you do? You drank? And stayed up late, which I don't normally do. What did you do? Tell us about it. Oh, we, I just with? went to a dinner with a new friend. A new friend? Um, One of my friend's girlfriends was just moving to LA, so they asked me to take her out. And we were supposed to go to dinner, and we're, I was like, oh, we'll have a drink first. Well, mm-hmm. that turned into a lot of drinks, and the bartender loved us, so he just kept giving us drinks and then he sent us all these desserts and it was really fun but i i, I like accidentally drank too much where did you go I feel like i'm uh bakari in silver bakari. lake okay i feel like they don't have think. the best food ever but everything's super affordable and the cocktails are good and they're very nice there where is that i'm trying to think if i've been there there's well there's bakari on third there's one in which is the most popular one over in like miracle mile there's uh-huh. one in Glendale and I think in Santa Monica. It's a good place. But then I paid the price. The next day I was basically hungover as fuck. Yeah. Not and you're cool. still recovering. Now you're you're just sick because of that, you think? Uh I mean I think it's partly that. Like then I was had like an emotional day like a couple days later, which I'm sure was like just mm-hmm. some stuff that had built up, but then also I think my sleep was bad from it and I think it kind of spiraled into having an emotional breakdown and then I mm-hmm. think the emotional breakdown turned into like I like cried everything into my sinuses mm-hmm. so yeah oh you're so sensitive you always know I know I can always tell when Ingrid is going through something because she's I'll send her a text and Ingrid's one of these people that hasn't figured out that like <laughs> <laughs> you could see what it says it says red <laughs> <laughs> so like i know ingrid's read my texts but she doesn't respond and so i'm like okay she's she's going through something right now so i didn't even why does it say red because you have to turn it off you have to go into your settings into like 
Uh, Scott, I did not know <laughs> that everyone can see when I read their text. Yes, exactly. That's you're such Scott? an amateur, Ing Ingrid. What the fuck? Such an amateur. Oh my god! After this, I'll help you out. I'll take take you into your phone and show you how to do it. But yeah, it's so like great, I see Ingrid's great, reading so my cool. text but not responding. So I mean, sometimes I I'm she... just busy, or sometimes I'm having a mental breakdown. One of the two. Yeah. But now I'm just thinking of all the people that I'm sure have read their texts and just not responded. Cool. And I always wonder, I'm like, why do people turn that on? That's so weird. I don't need to know when they read the text. It just feels like so like like an invasion yeah. of like my privacy their privacy yeah but i know that you're they one of those it. people god damn it you're why is this people. phone so fucking dumb <laughs> cool they trick you man these these tech companies they trick you and you don't realize that you're you're doing things <laughs> i expose myself yes exactly exactly well I had a emotional purge, so now I'm hopefully tomorrow I'm feeling lighter. I don't really, I guess I feel a little better, but um, physically now I feel like crap. Like mm. There's like a recovery from the, mm -hmm. yeah. the purge of emotions. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Tell us what's, wait, before we get into the yeah. week, I wanted to say a couple things. One, there's time markers. So if anybody wants to skip ahead or go back in the past and check out what was happening on a certain day of the week, you could go to the show notes. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. You just click on the date. It'll go right to that date. If you're new to the podcast, the best way to follow along is to go to the website, theweeklytransit.com and go to the forecast. That's kind of a summary of what we go over here. It has all the visuals that we show on the videos, or if you're just listening, you can find the visuals there. Um, yeah, show notes, there'll be a link to the website and then the forecast. And that has all the journal prompts that Scott asks me here, as well as all the visuals that we talk about. And then if you don't have a copy of The Basics of Astrology, that is the book that me and Scott put together. That is basically a glossary of all of the terms, planets, stars, whatever that we talk about here. So the podcast is meant to be paired with the forecast, which is on the website and the book. And that is how you can follow along and also learn the basics of astrology with us. And then I think Scott has an announcement as well. He went on some, I do had some yes. interview with somebody that was awesome. Yes. With, uh, Delisa Hawking, the psychic who I've done a couple of collaborations with on YouTube. Um, and if you're not following our YouTube channel, follow our YouTube channel, uh, or subscribe, whatever the proper term is. Uh, but yes, Delisa, the amazing psychic, uh, invited me onto her YouTube channel to discuss the astrology for Valentine's Day, Yay. February 14th. Uh, it actually premiered on February 3rd, so it's already up. So if you missed the premiere, go check it out. Obviously, there's uh, a lot of information on there for Valentine's Day. Most importantly, it's a really fun conversation with uh, Delisa and me. We, we had a lot of laughs uh, just digging into what Valentine's Day is all about and some of our own personal experiences, mainly mine, I think. But uh, but yes, it's a great conversation. So check it out. The, the link, we'll put the link in the show notes uh, so you can watch the interview. Beautiful. I can't wait yes. to see it. Yes. Yeah, tell us. Tell us what's happening this week, Scott. Help us. Well, okay. Yes, yes. Let's let's help everyone. Uh, this is the week of February 6th through the 12th. And we begin here on Monday, February 6th with Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination in the cardinal earth sign symbolized by the goat aligning this is capricorn aligning with neptune the god of fresh water and the sea the planet of illusion deception compassion and intuition in the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish and ruled by neptune pisces so this is the planet of the conscious mind 
aligning with the planet of the unconscious mind, Neptune, Mercury, conscious mind, Neptune, unconscious mind, Capricorn is Earth. That's reality. It's something that you can take that you can touch. I thought you were gonna say taste. Taste. (laughs) (laughs) Taste the earth, touch the earth, see the earth. Uh whereas water is more fluid and Neptune, the cloudy planet, we're not sure what we can see on the surface because it's whole the whole thing is covered in clouds. So this is maybe bringing your uh your unconscious dreams into your conscious reality it's speaking from a place of authority in order to manifest your dreams into reality uh what is the work that you need to do in order to bring those dreams into reality what is the mental work that you need to do in order to bring those dreams into reality and if you're following along uh, in viewing this, or if you check out the blog or the forecast, as Ingrid mentioned, you'll see that there's two degrees next to Mercury. Uh, there's also 24 degrees. It aligns with Neptune at 23 degrees, but I added in this 24th degree here because Mercury moves to 24 degrees on Monday, February 6th, and that's significant because that indicates that Mercury has now exited its retrograde shadow. Uh, It's been in its retrograde shadow since December 12th. It began its retrograde on December 29th. That's when Mercury was at the same degree as it is right now. So when you think about that, like where, what was going on in my life on December 29th or around December 29th, because now Mercury is back in the same spot in the sky as it was then. December 29th, February 6th, what uh, are the connections between those two time periods for you? But this is a time to uh, really focus on moving forward. If you want to add anything to your plate now, start a new project, get going on something new. This is the time to do it. Plan ahead. Plan ahead for what's next. And will you tell us a little bit about um, the shadow? Because most people just only talk about the retrograde, but mm-hmm. on here you always give us a little extra info about why the shadow is so important. I love your either visual of like kind of like the train stopping thing. Yes, exactly. You know, when you think about it, Mercury is typically moving one to two degrees every single day. And when it slows down, to begin its retrograde, like Ingrid just mentioned, like you think of a train, if a train is moving at 170 miles an hour down the tracks and then stops and goes the other direction, it doesn't go from 170 miles an hour one way to 170 miles an hour the other way instantaneously. (laughs) It slows down. It has to slow down. The momentum has to stop in order to build momentum in the other direction. And it's the same thing when a planet goes retrograde. It's moving very fast in a certain direction, and then it slows down to begin moving at speed in the opposite direction. And then it slows down and comes to a complete stop. And the stop is what we always say, oh, now Mercury's in retrograde, like that day where it stops. But like... Mm -hmm. And then the day that it stop, the day that Mercury goes direct, it also stops again. So this is why the shadow is important because a lot of people, you know, they will kind of like, oh, Mercury retrograde's over, yes. But then, like in the days or even weeks following the retrograde, there is still that stagnation because Mercury has not built up the t- to its normal speed. Uh, So when you think about Mercury being the planet that rules the conscious mind, it's how you think, it's how you communicate and coordinate and move through life. This is the messenger. If it tip, think about like the gears of a clock. If the gears stop moving, then the clock stops moving. And if the gear that is ruling our mind, Mercury stops, then that makes it difficult to think, to process information, to communicate that information and coordinate that information in reality. So it can be very challenging. 
I find that it's most challenging right before and after the beginning of the retrograde and then right before and after the end of the retrograde because that's when Mercury isn't really moving. It stays at the same degree for like seven days, six, seven days, when typically over that same period of time, it would move 10 to 12 degrees. Yeah, so it's like it starts moving into its shadow when the train starts putting on its brakes exactly and then it's like yes. it's direct when it gets to a stop and then it's also in the shadow when it's picking up speed so it's like before the retrograde and after the retrograde days the direct like moving into and out of those are actually the most impactful days where you're like feeling the momentum shift of either slowing down or speeding up exactly so i always just think that's so interesting because i had no i didn't know until you know i met you and you explained it to me i just assumed it was you know now it's on now it's off i don't know how this shit works but now that i <laughs> know more about like how obviously their planets they're moving it's yeah it's yeah. more impactful than that we're feeling it the before and afterwards so just being mindful of yeah the effects exactly. it has on us on a on a like a yeah yes well, you know another way to also think about it too is uh like well where what is the shadow like where is the shadow and think about it's the same mercury is retracing its steps in the sky it's retracing its steps so the mercury retrograde in capricorn was from eight degrees well it began at 24 degrees and it moved back to eight degrees in capricorn so mercury moved into its retrograde shadow when it moved to eight degrees in capricorn it began its retrograde at 24 degrees in Capricorn. It moved back to 8 degrees in Capricorn, which is where it ended its retrograde. And then now here it is at 24 degrees again, moving out of that space. So Mercury has been in the same space in the sky, retracing its steps forward, backwards, forward since December 12th. So this is almost a two-month period that we've sort of been playing these same notes over and over again. So now we get kind of a new, a fresh start moving forward. And then I did want to touch on the alignment for Monday. It was uh, just bringing our dreams into reality, the, sub yes. the unconscious mixed with the conscious. And like, mm -hmm. this is a sextile, so it is a gift, but I do feel like it's an extra special gift when the unconscious meets the conscious. It's like, sometimes we don't know the why behind what we're thinking or what we're doing. We don't know what's actually fueling it. We're just having some sort of an issue or a agitation or something. And these days can bring about a lot of clarity, which can be very healing. It's that Pisces energy too is in there. When we understand the why behind what we're doing, we can begin to heal and to change our patterns that we didn't know that we were doing to begin with. That's it. Yeah, and that's absolutely. super powerful. That doesn't always happen. Most of the time, we're just floating through unconscious. I love that you say that. Totally. It is extra special. It's like bringing your awareness to what you've been unaware of before, right? Yeah. You're like, why am I? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? God, I keep doing the same pattern. And then once you see it, you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I know, I know why I'm doing this. It's probably something, some emotional baggage that's sitting in yes. some dark corner of our mind that we, we couldn't see before. Exactly. And that's a big part of what, uh, Pisces is about, is about that emotional or psychological baggage, the guilt, the shame, the regret, the blame. And it's about showing yourself compassion in these areas so that you can integrate these thought patterns and memories with understanding, forgiveness, and love. But when you think about the connection of Mercury in Capricorn, it's like, why are you working towards what you're working towards? Why are you spending time on what you're spending time on? Are you spending time on something are you working towards something because it stems from a trauma from some psychological baggage you know somebody said something to me when i was 10 years old and i said i'm gonna show them you know and this is why i've been working to achieve whatever i'm working to achieve in life because of this thing that happened to me or... 
Exactly. Like I, I it makes me think of the the movie Citizen Kane. Have you seen that movie? I can't remember. It's 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 uh widely considered like one of the greatest movies, if not the greatest movie of all time. It was uh Orson Welles uh who wrote and directed it, though he, he co wrote it with um with uh oh god, I've gotta look it up real quick because there was like this movie is is so um this movie is so like monumental that like there's been movies made about the making of this movie yes herman mankiewicz who allegedly was actually the person who did write the screenplay um though orson wells is also credited with writing the screenplay he directed it and starred in it but there was a another great movie that came out a couple years ago called mank that was on netflix it's black and white it's with gary oldman it's amazing it's all about the making of citizen kane uh but citizen kane is an incredible film that was uh supposedly based on William Randolph Hearst, who is like the like the richest person in the world at the time. And uh, it's like, well, what makes somebody want to make this much money, you know, where they have more money than anyone could ever imagine? Um, you've maybe heard of Hertz Castle in, oh, yeah. the, you know, it's like this insane estate that's like nothing you've ever seen before. Um, you can literally see it on the hill when you're driving up the freeway. But uh off in the distance but anyway like the whole like nugget of the film was that there was this uh it, it the uh when citizen kane is dying he's whispering this word rosebud rosebud and the whole question is is like what's rosebud what's rosebud everybody's trying to figure out what's rosebud because that's maybe the answer to what motivated him to be the person that he was and it was a sled that he had when he was a kid. And I can't even remember what happened with the sled, but there was something to do with the sled. There, there's a child trauma that had to do with the sled. And that's what led him on this path to just be insanely rich and ambitious and step on people along the way um, to get what he wanted. And this is sort of that connection of maybe what will bring some clarity there for you today, Monday, February 6th. I'm, I need, I'm going to just grab, um, I'm going to just grab my, uh, some hot water for this tea. Grab your hot water. But I can hear you in my ears, so I'm not, okay. I'm still paying attention. Okay. Okay. Well, right. I'm, am I going to keep talking here while you go off camera? Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So moving forward to Tuesday, February 7th, as Ingrid grabs her hot water for her tea, we're looking at three planets here. We're looking at the moon, the planet of emotions in the mutable earth sign symbolized by the Virgin, Virgo, aligning with Uranus, the primordial sky god, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected in the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull, Taurus. And together, these two planets, the moon and Uranus, are both aligning with Venus, Lady Luck, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships in Pisces, the sign which Venus is exalted in. So we have Venus in a position of power because it's in the sign that it's exalted in. We have Uranus in a position of detriment because it's in the sign where it is in its fall Taurus. There's so many challenges right now with like money and security and material security. It's like, you know, food is running out of stock and everything is more expensive and that sort of stuff. As we've said many times, you know, the last time Tor or Uranus was in Taurus was uh, 1935 to 1942, which was during the Great Depression and World War II. And the time before that was 1851 to 1858, which uh, was when 
which was during the gold rush, which is when people were so desperate that they got in a horse and buggy and traveled thousands of miles across the continental U.S. to put a pan in water and hope that gold would appear. So those are all those have all been desperate times in human history where people are migrating across continents, across the world in order to find their material security. And that's where we are again right now. And when you think about how life has been since 2019, when Taurus moved, when Uranus moved into Taurus, that's what we've been experiencing. How many people do you know that have moved? You know, you just talked about somebody who moved to LA, uh, one of your friends, friends or whatever. I mean, how many people do you know that have moved cities, states, countries over the last four years? Uh, We've got another three, four years to go of Uranus transiting through Taurus as it's right here at 15 degrees halfway through. Cause as we know, each sign uh, begins at zero and ends at 29. So there's 30 degrees in each sign. So we're right in the middle here with these three planets, the moon in Virgo, Uranus in Taurus and Venus in Pisces. So Yes, this is an awakening. It's an awakening to how you relate to others, what's going on in your unconscious, your self-worth, what you value, taking an analytical look at your emotions and what satisfies you emotionally in the material, in your relationships. Maybe you're being critical with your partners right now and you need, or maybe you're being critical with yourself as a partner and you need to show yourself greater compassion, but it all, it all boils down to your self-worth and what you value and seeing that reflected in those around you. When I see um, the moon in Virgo, I do think about, you know, I, I am, a Virgo sun. So I think I like really connect with that. And so if you're relating that to Venus in Pisces, it's like, yeah, you can be very critical of your, your partners, whoever that, whoever, who is ever closest to you. I mean, it's also a gift, but just trying to have compassion, like balancing it with that Pisces energy, like be compassionate while you're doing these critiques, because it's important to take a look at like what is happening in your relationships, but not to be too harsh because the Virgo can be very, yeah, it can get a little bit harsh. And then when you're looking at it in terms of, we're looking at, is it Uranus? Uranus and Taurus, Uranus, yes. Uranus and Taurus. Um, I mean, I think it's such, I mean, it is such a gift there because it is a trine, but we need to know why we're doing the things we're doing in the material. Like, picking it apart and knowing why we're doing what we're doing is so important. So mm-hmm. it, I feel like there's just this nice balance of, okay, don't go too far. When you're looking at the first alignment, don't get too aggressive and picking things apart to the point of it, like crumbling, but also even if things are going well, it's good to know why we're doing what we're doing. So just having the balance of that energy right there is just kind of an interesting dichotomy of that Virgo energy. Yes. Yes, exactly. Why are you nitpicking or why are you being critical about something? Uh, it it has to do with something that you value or that's important to you that is not being met. But rather than nitpicking your partner or nitpicking yourself, it's about being compassionate to yourself and your partner or empathetic to your partner in the moment and, and trying to calmly express why you are feeling the way that you're feeling. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) just thinking about myself over here, having a total mental breakdown earlier in the week, like the guy that I'm seeing, he's just, we we definitely have some like differences. I feel like our compatibility is very easy. It's Mm -hmm. not like we ever argue, but there was just like a bunch of little things. Like I didn't get invited somewhere that I wanted to go and he was on his way to work. So I didn't want to be like, why didn't you invite me? Like I kind of said, Oh, I would, I would have wanted to go, but I kind of left it at that because it wasn't the right moment. 
-hmm. And then, you know, the next day, like there was a couple other small things and we were like driving to get hamburgers. And then I just started crying and he was like, what is happening? We're getting hamburgers. Why are you crying? What the fuck just happened? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, it was just, it's just like a bunch of things built up. There was, there wasn't the right moment. And I'm not sure how it just came out right now over nothing, Mm -hmm. but I was trying to think of how it related to this alignment. Just, uh, the being critical, mm-hmm. I feel like there was all these little things that I was like picking apart in my mind and I wanted the answers to the questions and making time and space for that. Like I am very compassionate cause he is much more like, he's very antisocial, which is fine. I'm like, I could do whatever mm-hmm. the fuck I want, hang out with all my friends. He doesn't care what I do, but he mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do social things like I do. But then mm-hmm. he was going out and doing something social and I was like, oh my God, I'm not being included. Mm-hmm. And that felt like such a bummer. So it was just like telling him why I was upset about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you did this event and you went to that event and I didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel like not included. And he was like, okay, but those are work things. Like, I didn't, he didn't even see it as like a social thing. He's like, this is like yeah. a work thing. Like, what? it's not like I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah, he's like, I, one of them is work. So why would I invite you to that? It's not even something I want to go to. And the other thing, like somebody invited me to that. And I didn't even think you would want to go. Like, if it was something I thought you would want to go to, I would have invited you. But like, why would you be upset if I didn't even think that that's interesting to you? Like, I guess now I know, but we just don't do as many social things together as I would like. But the reconciliation of this, I just don't know if there is one because he's, he doesn't do like many friend things at all. He's like, He's very much like a recluse and he's like autistic and like the idea of like a group dynamic is not fun for him. Well, it's like, he's not going to change. He's just like, he's like, then I'm just going to worry the whole time instead of me having, he's like, I'm already not going to have a good time at the event because I don't want to be there. But now I'm on top of not having a good time. No matter what, I'm going to just be worried that you're not having a good time no matter what you say, if you say you're having a fine time, I'm just going to worry about the other person having a good time. Like, that's just how I am. And then I was like, well, never. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to make you have a bad time. I'm like, well, I don't want to go if it's like making you stressed out. So never mind then. Okay. I don't feel bad anymore. Thanks for not inviting me. I'm glad I didn't go. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just like (laughs) laughing about it. I'm like, okay, well never like, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Very good. (laughs) oh my god wednesday february 8th okay this begins a transit ingrid that we will be covering for the next let's see one two three four five six seven days for the next week we're going to be talking about this alignment here which is Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict, in the mutable air sign symbolized by the twins, Gemini, aligning with Chiron, the wound, and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound, in the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram and ruled by Mars, Aries. So this is Wednesday, February 8th, Mars in Gemini, sextile, Chiron in Aries. We're going to be talking about this alignment for the next seven days because for the next seven days, Mars and Chiron are both going to be aligned together at 12 degrees. So this is a good moment to, for those of you that are a bit more advanced with your uh, uh, language of astrology or fluency in the language of astrology to uh, look in your astrological codes and see what key astrological points or planets you may have at or near to 12 degrees in air signs, fire signs, cardinal signs, or mutable signs, because those points are going to be connected with or uh, affected by either Mars and or Chiron. So this is all about facing those fears, facing those fears to your self-confidence and having the courage to ask the question, 
that needs to be asked in order in order to receive the answer that you need. Why didn't you invite me? Why are you afraid to invite me? What is your you know what is your reasoning behind not inviting me? In like we're talking about your situation with with your partner, Ingrid, or you know where does that anxiety come from? Uh, or you know okay, I've got the answer now, and now I'm ready to move forward in a different direction. So you know Gemini is about versatility. It's about dipping your toe into that and then into that and so on and so forth. Just getting a quick answer and then moving on to the next. Uh, it's not getting super deep into things. When I started having the meltdown and I told him, he was just like, well, why didn't you just say something when it happened? It's always so confusing when you say something later. You could have just asked me mm-hmm. when I told you I was going, mm-hmm. which would have been this type of energy where it's like, yes. oh, I could just have asked and then we could have just moved on. Exactly. But instead I let it like build up. And he's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I was going to work. You could just ask me whenever, like whenever something comes up, just say it. It's not a so big he, deal. He's encouraging you to ask the question. He's like, and I don't want you he... to get this upset. Like you could, <laughs> yeah, just ask the question when it comes up. It's not that. I'm, and I guess it is like that healing the wound to our self-confidence. If mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking about all these other things and like, well, what if he gets upset that I asked the question and then he's going to work. And then, you know, then I had a whole spiral about that and I'm like, okay, I don't need to worry about anything except for asking a question. It doesn't even have to be emotional. It's like, well, how come you didn't invite me? Oh, well, I didn't even think you'd, why would you want to go to this event? I, I didn't invite you because I didn't think you'd like it. No. Oh, exactly. okay. And if you just ask the question, then you have the clarity. And when you have the clarity, then you have the courage to move forward in life rather than feeling insecure. Oh, he doesn't like me. That's why he didn't invite me. He doesn't, yeah, want, to be, like some... doesn't want to see me in public and that kind of stuff. Yeah. All these insecurities. Where are you insecure? This is a good time to really take a conscious look at your insecurities and why you, you know, where these insecurities stem from. Having the courage to ask the questions the need to be asked in order to quell your insecurities and build your self-confidence. That's what this alignment is about. And, and we have this frequency from <clears throat> February 8th to February 14th, Valentine's Day. This is leading up to Valentine's Day, which is really <clears throat> kind of, magical in a sense because there can be a lot of insecurities around valentine's day does he like me does she like me do they like me i don't know i'm afraid to ask do you have feelings for me i don't know i'm afraid to ask this is building the courage to really find out what people feel about you that are close to you or that you feel closeness to and to engage in in conversation where you can truly express yourself authentically. Now, what's really important about this alignment also is looking back because Mars had its whole retrograde. We were talking about retrogrades and Mars had its whole retrograde course. It moved into its retrograde shadow on September 3rd. It doesn't move out of its retrograde shadow until <clears throat> March 15th it began its retrograde on october 30th and ended its retrograde on january 12th so this is the third time in the last several months that mars and chiron have aligned with each other in a sextile in these two signs gemini and aries the last time was from december 19th to the 22nd And the time before that was very quick. It was September 17th. So think back to these two other periods of time, September 17th, December 19th to the 22nd. What is in relation to those dates that is similar to what you're experiencing now between February 8th and the 14th? So moving 
Any thoughts or questions about that, Ingrid? Any reflections? No, no. why? I was peeking at Thursday, so yeah, I Yeah, Thursday, a... yeah. Okay, good. I love when you peek ahead. You're always like, okay, what's next? Uh, we've got the same alignment here on February 9th. Mars in Gemini, sextile, Chiron in Aries. But we're joined here by Jupiter, the god of thunder, lord of justice, the planet of luck and expansion in Aries, along with Chiron, opposite the moon, the planet of emotions in the cardinal air sign symbolized by the scales, Libra. So this is an opportunity to expand your authenticity, expand your courageous nature, expand your emotions, expand your emotional authenticity in your relationships. This is a perfect like follow-up for, for yesterday. It's like you're practicing maybe just asking those questions, mm-hmm. healing that wound to your self-confidence. And then today, it's like even more. You're You're going to feel the effects of it expanding your relationships, expanding the balance and peace and harmony in your relationships. Yes. It's also a great follow-up when we think about the last time we were looking at the moon earlier this week. What sign was it in on Tuesday? It was in Virgo. And Virgo, like we were saying, that uh, analytical can be uh, very critical. And now we've sort of looked at the details of what we're feeling. And now we're ready to bring what we've discerned to the negotiating table with our partners, our lovers, friends, business partners having the courage to really express your emotions in a way that uh, provides balance and stability and fairness to your relationships, saying I've taken a really uh, detailed inner look at what I've been feeling, and I'm very clear now about what I bring to the table of this relationship. I'm very clear about what I need from a partner what I need from a relationship. And now is the time to really uh, figure out if, if we're on the same page here. Are we on the same page? Is it just? Is it fair in this relationship? What do you want from having the courage to ask the questions? Now you tell me, what do you want from a relationship? What, what do you want from a partner? And what are you bringing what are you offering in return so now moving on to friday february 10th of course we've got mars and gemini aligning with chiron and aries and then we have mercury in capricorn conjunct at the same degree in the same sign as pluto the god of death lord of the underworld the planet of transformation in Capricorn. So as we are having the courage to ask the questions, to face our insecurities, now we're transforming the way that we think, the conversations that we have, speaking from a place of authority, speaking from a place of power, which is which comes from taking responsibility for yourself. Well, 100%, once you're recognizing what you need to be doing for yourself, you can yeah, speak with authority. Like you, it's not a big deal to ask the question. It's not, it doesn't even need to be emotionally charged. It's just like, I want to know more about the relationship. So I'm going to ask the questions and that's going to get us where we want to be. It's Mm -hmm. like achievement, ambition. If we're, I mean, it could be relationship stuff, but it also could be easily be career related where you're like not asking questions in your career relationships because you feel insecure. And then the more you do, you're like, oh, it's not a big deal to ask these questions. This is what I have to do to get where I want to be. I need Mm -hmm. to find the answers to what I'm curious about. Yes. Yes. And and anytime we're speaking up for ourselves, it's going to heal the wound to our self-confidence. Most more times than not, once you ask the question, the response is usually going to be good and also you're going to feel better after you ask it there's almost even if you don't get the answer that you want you're going to feel lighter because you asked it and you're like oh 
it's good that I have the answer, whether it's like, you know, positive or negative is at least I know the point. Yeah. Yeah. At least I know now. Really also important to remember about this alignment here of Pluto and Mercury in Capricorn is this is the last time that Mercury will be conjunct Pluto and Capricorn for another, uh, well, it's going to be like 200 and oh, let's fuck. see, 200 and years? Is that 260 some years. Like when does this happen again? Pluto and Capricorn is going to be, uh, yeah, let me see here. So it's actually going to be, oh my God, this is insane. Um, so the next time Pluto and Mercury will align in Capricorn will be uh, sometime in 2255 is the next okay. time Pluto and it's wrap like your head around years? that. In, wow. Fuck. <laughs> take wrap advantage. Your, yeah, 200. 230 years is the next time Pluto and Mercury will align in Capricorn. So this is like the final lesson, uh, the multi-generational sort of frequency uh, that you're setting yourself up for. And the, the, uh, what, this is the tone that you're setting for, for your soul for the next 230 years. Oh, 230. 230 years. 2255. We won't even be alive. <laughs> this is the only opportunity in our lifetime we'll have to This is the last opportunity. Advantage. It's not the only opportunity. We've had okay. we've had opportunities for the last uh we've had opportunities for the last 16 no. 15 years. Oh, okay. 15 because okay. Pluto's been in Capricorn since 08. Uh, but so actually this is going to be maybe we've practiced doing things differently the death of the old way of our communication style and our curiosity and how we're going to heal our wound to our self-confidence. So it's like coming we're coming to the last chance to to shift how we how we do things. And that's yes. I mean that's the important part like the transformation that is Pluto, the death of the old way. So mm -hmm. making sure we're, yeah, I guess, I guess that it just comes to mind is like, you want to take advantage of that. You don't want to be stuck for the rest of your life. If you haven't really worked on it in the past, like this is the time to step up and try to do things differently, get out of your comfort yes. zone. So things can shift for you. Yes. It's an opportunity. This is like, so Pluto and, and Mercury first aligned in, Oh nine, oh nine, and so they've aligned several times since then. Obviously, uh, more so than just depending on on the different retrogrades that have occurred. So I'm not exactly sure oh uh, how many times, but this is the last time. So this is really really take some time to think about uh, how you're thinking about yourself how you're uh, communicating, how you're sharing knowledge, what what are you uh, good at? What, what is your sort of gift? Where can you take responsibility in your life? Where you where can you speak from a place of authority? I love that. Yes. Here's the next time. I just looked it up. Uh, January 11th, 2255 is when Mercury and Pluto will align with each other in Capricorn on 1-11-2255. So if anyone is uh, watching this video, then <laughs> here's where we were when it last happened. So we're going to be having a lot of these alignments over the next uh, year with Pluto, where planets are going to be connecting with Pluto for the last time in Capricorn which is very significant because we're, we're sort of solidifying who we are uh, in terms of taking responsibility for ourselves as opposed to allowing ourselves to be subjugated by others 
uh, because we say, well, I can't do it. I need to look to someone else. Okay, well, if that's what you're saying, then that's the frequency that the the universe is going to send to you. But if you're saying, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do, I'm going to take responsibility for myself, then that is also the frequency that you can put out there uh, moving forward. Okay. Moving on to Saturday, February 11th. Again, Mars and Chiron connecting from Gemini and Aries. So again, like yesterday, so, you know, with Mercury and Pluto, that's about having the self-confidence to speak from a place of authority. You know, if you speak from a place of authority, you you can ask questions confidently. You understand that you don't sound like an idiot. You're not dumb because you ask questions. You can ask questions and sound very intelligent. So speak up for yourself here again, speaking up for yourself with Mercury moving into Aquarius, the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bearer. This is about speaking up for yourself in the community, the group, the club, the organization, the social network or cause asking questions that are stimulating conversation. Let's have a conversation. How do we have a conversation? Let's ask some questions and, and let's hear what everybody has to say. So what are the questions that you want to ask in the community in order to stimulate the conversation? I mean, when we first started this podcast, I felt like I there was like some insecurities because I didn't know that much about astrology and i was always like oh my gosh i don't want to come across as stupid because i have all these questions and then now i still i still have questions all the time but totally the whole point is to be learning and to be connected to the community so like me and you aren't going to have any sort of like a rapport or relationship if i'm not asking any of the questions and i'm just over here trying to pretend like i know what the fuck is happening exactly it's like the more we're asking questions the more we're connected to our community because it's like when you ask the question somebody's going to give you the answer and they're like oh they want knowledge from me it 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 feeds the relationship when you're curious about what people are doing why they're doing it and the learning and teaching relationship is important one of the reasons why i wanted you to be on this podcast with me was because you're a gemini rising and gemini is the curious sign so i want you asking questions <laughs> you know you're you're not dumb for asking questions. I applaud you for asking questions. <clears throat> and I, I wanted to work with somebody who didn't know a lot about astrology because I wanted this podcast to be uh, something where people that are new to astrology would feel comfortable listening so that they could learn the language. And so having somebody who didn't know a lot about ast astrology like you is like the perfect match because I felt like you will be the audience and anything that I say that doesn't make any sense, you're going to ask me, what is that? I don't understand what that is. And there's probably people out there listening that are like, oh, I'm so glad Ingrid said that because I don't know what Scott's talking about either. <laughs> so this is, you know, this is how we learn. Uh, there's nothing wrong with ask, asking questions. It's a good thing to ask questions. And Mars and Gemini is giving you the courage to ask questions. I think sometimes when we're like a super novice at something, it's very intimidating. Like I just remember when I first started going to yoga, like most people are like, oh, I don't want to go to yoga until I'm like flexible enough or strong enough. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And like the more you're, <laughs> the more you go to the classes, the, mo the more you, I think we were talking about this the other day. It's like, you don't even know that you don't know, then the more you learn, you're like, oh, I, I don't know anything. There's so much more to learn. So it's like the more advanced you get, the more questions you have. You're like, okay, well, which muscles am I engaging in all of these things? It's like, mm -hmm. as we advance, we're actually going to have even more questions because we're going to know there's so much more to learn about every subject. And that uh, insecurity just kind of fades away as we are learning more and more because it's that's just part of the process of learning. If we want to get better at something, we have to be curious and not be scared to ask the questions. Totally. Exactly. And the other note with um, Mercury and Aquarius is understanding that there's something about your mind and the ideas that you have that are very unique and they're worth sharing with the group. There's something that you know 
that I don't know and and everybody else doesn't know. So what would you like to share with the group that is unique to you? So this is a frequency that will be continuing from today, February 11th until March 7th. That's how long Mercury is going to be in Aquarius. Now, this may be challenging. This may be a challenging period for those that were born with key astrological points or planets in the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull, Taurus, and the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion, Scorpio. So you see here from the basics of astrology, Aquarius squares Scorpio and Taurus, and that creates a challenge. So if you are somebody that has key astrological points or planets in Taurus or Scorpio, just be patient, be mindful about what you're thinking, what you're saying, how you're moving through life. Take your time and give yourself a break if things get really difficult. Now moving on to Sunday, February 12th. Again, now, uh, as yesterday, I should have mentioned, yesterday is when uh, Chiron and Mars on Saturday, they, they both moved from 12 degrees to 13 degrees. So they've both moved forward a degree. And here they are today, Sunday, February 12th at 13 degrees, Mars in Gemini aligning with Chiron in Aries. In addition to this alignment, there is the moon, which is now moved on to Scorpio, the mutable or the fixed water sign that we were just mentioning that makes a very harsh alignment to Aquarius, opposing Uranus in Taurus, the fixed earth sign. So the planet of emotions opposing the planet of rebellion. Uh, there's There could be some sort of stimulation occurring here or uh, a shocking revelation that is bringing a secret into the open. Or maybe there's something that... that uh, that you're hiding from emotionally that is being awakened in some way in an uncomfortable way that is forcing you to look at your karmic bonds, uh, the people that you share intimacies with and whether or not their values honor, reflect and respect your values. So if you're unsure, <clears throat> again, this is a great time to ask those questions to communicate and to uh, discern whether or not those that you're bonded to honor, reflect, or respect your values. I'm just wondering about like the secrets part of it. It's like a, a Scorpio is like the sign of secrets. So it's like maybe yeah. we have some emotional secrets and we, or the other person has some secrets and we're supposed to be asking the questions to get to the bottom of, mm -hmm. maybe they don't even mean to be secrets. They just happen to be something we have not shared because nobody has asked the questions. So it's like if someone asks the questions are secrets, if we want to call them that, or just things that we hold close to us that we don't usually share unless someone is kind of pressing or probing or getting mm -hmm. curious about that part of ourselves. And that can be very scary. And so maybe that's what some of these questions are bringing up. Some of these questions like, oh, God, they're asking me that question. Do I answer it? How do I answer it? I don't want to answer it. That's the other thing about this alignment is... Are you afraid to answer some questions? Do you have secure insecurities about answering some questions? Is there something that you're hiding from emotionally where you're like, I hope they don't ask me about this because then I have to struggle with whether or not I want to bring it up? I mean, not necessarily in my case, but the idea comes up where it's like, I didn't want to ask the question. And then his response was, well, why did was diving into me well why didn't you just ask the question to begin with and then i'm like oh my gosh like that's kind of going way deeper well why mm -hmm. why didn't i ask the question now i have to ask myself that question and maybe that's like almost like a secret within myself like why didn't i just ask oh i'm concerned i'm gonna like upset somebody like Is in like an answer? improper yeah like i'm like oh maybe i'm concerned 
I guess in reality, I'm like, oh, I'm concerned I'm going to upset somebody in like an unpleasant moment. Like, oh, you're just leaving to work. So I can't, I can't ask it now because that will be like too uncomfortable or like too upsetting. Like, why am I so scared that I could like upset somebody? It's not that big of a deal, even if they are upset, which they weren't, but it's like the why behind what am I doing? Yes. Well, it's like you eat or you're each getting curious and maybe you're, maybe this is an opportunity to get to the bottom of like why we're doing what we're doing. What makes it feel like a big deal? I mean, just immediately going back to my childhood, like I feel like our whole childhood, we didn't want to like upset my dad because he had a temper. So it's just like picking the right moment or like not upsetting him. And I mean, that's not a secret. I mean, I know that logically, but I think it comes out unconsciously in other ways where I'm like always trying to like pick the right moment. And I don't Mm want to like upset the apple cart unless it's like, yeah, I guess this weird thing of like picking the right moment to say something Mm -hmm. and that is on me. And then I'm doing things unconsciously that are like feeling this discomfort and like bottling things up. And then it turns out with me like crying about hamburgers and everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Why is Ingrid sad or why is Ingrid mad? I don't even understand where this came from. It's like, oh, well, because I waited mm-hmm. when I shouldn't shouldn't have. Or I mean, that's just what I've been conditioned to do. So unpacking my own baggage and someone well, else being curious. Yeah. And the moon in Scorpio is really like this festering place of emotions that are that have just been wallowing you know deep beneath the surface and not coming out which is me but for him he's always so compassionate i don't know what i'm worried about he's never gotten upset with me ever for asking a question or even being upset like i feel like well so he sounds like a good a good partner to work through some of your you know fatherly issues with Mm -hmm. you know yeah because he's a soft landing spot you know you you always talk about how compassionate he is He's a he's a uh, a Pisces rising, so when he's in these uncomfortable situations, like oh my God, Ingrid's crying, I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be compassionate and empathetic. What? Why are you? What's what's going on? You know, yeah. So, which is a different frequency from your dad? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and your which- your your ex, who's a Sagittarius rising. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Which is very different from the Pisces rising. Sagittarius rising is that fire and uh, <laughs> honesty that doesn't feel warm and fuzzy. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what your dad's rising <laughs> sign is. Your dad is Sagittarius rising. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So, yeah. No so, your way. dad, so your dad. And your ex are both Sagittarius rising, which, you know, you're with your ex to basically relive your experiences with your dad when you get this way and you start crying, your cancer moon, and they start attacking with that fiery bluntness. And now you're with a guy who is a Pisces rising, which is a totally different frequency from that Sagittarius rising. So it's like you're relearning. Yes relearning how to be yourself and in this safe space it's a safer space for you to express your emotions i love that yeah yeah it's so crazy that just the different dynamics like you said the first one was to maybe like practice doing it in a different like the same situation but maybe practicing it in a different way or reliving it and now it's like the exact opposite that feels much more gentle where I'm like, so oh, wait, I don't have to act like that. I don't have to react like that or like filter myself because that's not always going to be the case. Not everyone's going to react the same way to however my emotional responses are. Such a trip. It's amazing. Okay, next next week we're... Okay, so Scott has a bunch of questions, backup questions. <laughs> um, but before we wrap up, we're going we're gonna to do a bunch of questions next week. Yes. Um, but do we want to thank our sponsors? Let's thank our sponsors. Up? Barbara, Grace, Janelle, Vincent and Michelle, Clarissa, Brenna, Nicole, Aline, Robin, Cassie, Mardinus, Brooke, Ricky, Amranth, Larry, Libby, Annie, Amber, Lori, Stephanie, Deborah, Haley, Janine, Carrie, and Catherine. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors. You guys help us do more of what we love, spending more time talking about the planets and stars with you. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can go to the show notes. There is a sponsor link. You can donate $1, $5 or $10 a month. Yes. Thank you. I mean, or you can write a nice review. You can share it with your friends. You can rate us five stars. You can buy the basics of astrology the book that we put together for helping you learn more about astrology and then yes. you can get a reading with scott all of these things oh, are yeah. in the show notes so there's a lot of ways you can support a reading podcast. with scott yes, cool yeah <laughs> before valentine's day yes yeah a couple's happening. reading love yeah. those those are fun Ooh, oh my god that's such a good gift a couple's yeah. reading for yeah. valentine's day yeah and people are always worried what if they what if they're not a good match i'm like that's not my decision to well, it's to more say about under- so, it's more it's about understanding. understanding. I'm not I'm not judging whether you're a good match or not. It's like this, these are your gifts, these are your challenges as individuals, as a couple. And and knowing having that knowledge will help you work with the energy so that you understand what you need to work on, where you thrive, and help you see each other in a more clearer light. So that that. you can appreciate, understand, understand, appreciate, understand, accept, appreciate, and love each other for the divine unique miracles that you are. That's what it's about. It It really, yeah, it just helps you see the other person more clearly. And then as a couple, you can see like what you need to work on, what are the best ways to communicate with each other and whether or not you're a good like an easy or a difficult match is besides the point it's just going to help the relationship by getting absolutely by having more insight the knowledge yes the clarity all right thank you so much scott for sharing all of your knowledge of the planets and stars with us you're welcome you ingrid next week. thanks for listening we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com. The Weekly Transit. 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 Transit.